Welcome to Learning English, a daily 30-minute program from the Voice of America. I'm Jonathan Evans. And I'm Ashley Thompson. This program is aimed at English learners, so we speak a little slower and we use words and phrases especially written for people learning English. Today on the program, you will hear from Mario Ritter Jr. and Brian Lynn. Later, we will present the next part in our series on America's National Parks. But first... Doctors are reporting success with newer drugs that control some kinds of cancer better than current medicines. They say these drugs reduce the risk that the cancer will come back and make treatment simpler and easier for patients. One such drug, taken as a daily pill called Tegriso, comes from drug manufacturer AstraZeneca. The British-based company says Tegriso targets a mutation in the patient's genes, unlike chemotherapy drugs which can kill both cancerous and healthy cells. Doctors say the new drug's side effects can be controlled long enough that it can be used for several years to help prevent the cancer from returning. Yet, Tegriso and other newer drugs can cost $150,000 or more a year. How much patients end up paying depends on their health care insurance, earnings, and other considerations. Lung cancer kills more than 1.7 million people worldwide each year. Roy Herbst is a doctor with the Yale Cancer Center in the United States. He led a study of Tegriso in 682 patients with the most common form of the disease. All had operable tumors with a mutation in a gene called EGFR. This unusual genetic structure is found in 10% to 35% of such cases, mainly among Asians and non-smokers. About half of the patients were given chemotherapy after their tumor operation. The drug treatment uses powerful chemicals to kill the cancer cells. The patients then took Tegriso or harmless pills called placebos. Independent observers stopped the study in April when the effectiveness of Tegriso seemed clear. After two years on average, 89% of patients taking the drug were alive without cancer returning compared to 53% of those on the placebo. Severe side effects were a little more common on Tegriso. They included patients feeling tired and reddish skin in the mouth or around the nails. U.S. health officials have approved Tegriso for use in treating advanced lung cancer 
and the excitement now is moving this earlier before the disease has widely spread, noted Herbst. The drug costs about $15,000 a month. Men with advanced prostate cancer often are treated with medicines to block male hormones that can help the cancer grow. The drugs are injected as shots in the arm every few months, but take days or weeks to start working. They can also cause bone pain and other problems. An experimental drug called Relugolix is a different kind of hormone blocker and the first meant for use as a daily pill. The drug is a product of Myovent Sciences. Researchers tested it against shots of the drug Luprolide, an injectable man-made hormone, every three months in 930 men. They were treated for nearly a year. The company reports that about 97% of those on the experimental drug kept hormones blocked throughout that time, compared to 89% on luprolide. Four days after the start of treatment, 56% of men on relugolix and none on luprolide had hormones blocked. 3% of the men taking relugolix experienced a serious heart problem, such as a heart attack or stroke. That compares to 6% of the men on luprolide. The difference was even greater among men who suffered heart problems earlier. Myovent is seeking approval from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration for the drug. Merck and Company manufactures Keytruda, an experimental drug that helps the body's natural defense system find and fight cancer. Keytruda proved better than traditional chemotherapy treatments for people with advanced colon cancer and tumors with gene defects that result in a high number of mutations. The study involved 307 patients in France. Those given Keytruda went more than 16 months on average before their cancer worsened. That compares with eight months for those taking chemotherapy treatments. After a year, 55% on Keytruda were alive without worsening cancer compared to 37% on chemotherapy. After two years, the rate was 48% versus nearly 19%. About 22% of people getting Keytruda had severe side effects compared to 66% on chemotherapy. The Associated Press adds that Keytruda costs about $12,500 a month. Some very small deep-sea creatures are known as the master builders of the sea. 
they can build complex homes that provide protection and capture food. These structures are made from a fluid that comes out of their heads. When the structures get used up, the creatures, called giant larvations, build a new one. Usually, this takes place every day. Some people call these homes snot palaces because they are like big houses made of mucus, a fluid produced by living tissue for protection. Some people think studying larvation's homes could help the building industry if scientists can understand how they make them. One of those people is Kakani Katija, a bioengineer at Monterey Bay Aquarium Research Institute in California. Her team released its findings on the so-called snot houses in Nature magazine recently. The creatures inside these houses are small. The biggest ones are around 10 centimeters, but they are important to the environment. They live in oceans around the world. Katija and other scientists said they are the closest relatives to human beings without a backbone. They are like an alien life form, made almost entirely out of water, yet crafted with complexity and purpose, noted marine biologist Boris Worm of Dalhousie University. He was not part of the study. Worm said, The creatures help the ocean environment also. When their homes are used up, the creatures drop millions of tons of carbon to the seafloor. It stays there, preventing global warming, he said. Larvations take microplastics out of the water and put it on the seafloor. In addition, the waste in their homes is eaten by creatures living at the bottom of the ocean. What they build interests and remains a mystery to scientists. Because the mucus houses are so fine and easily broken, researchers are unable to take them to a laboratory for study. So Katija and her team used a robot submarine, cameras, and lasers to watch the creatures in waters 200 to 400 meters deep near California's Monterey Bay. These mucus structures are not simple. They include two heart-like areas that capture food. The mucus houses often are nearly clear, 
and completely cover the larvations. And the houses are ten times bigger than the creatures themselves, reaching more than one meter in size. It would be the same as a person making a five-story house, Katija noted. Water can flow through the structure so that, when it comes through the water, the larvation stays hidden from fish that might eat it. Katija said NASA engineers looking to build structures on the moon would probably like to learn about the larvations. I'm Mario Ritter, Jr. A new study suggests the asteroid that killed almost all the dinosaurs struck Earth at the deadliest possible angle. Scientists believe the asteroid hit Earth about 66 million years ago near what is today Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula. The force of the massive crash is estimated to have been equal to the strength of about 10 billion nuclear bombs. The climate-changing event is blamed for causing the disappearance of more than 70% of plant and animal life. All dinosaurs that were not bird-like died out. What has remained a mystery for scientists, however, is whether the asteroid strike was a direct hit. The new study provides evidence that the strike resulted in the worst kind of crash for the dinosaurs. Researchers examined data on the structure of the 200-kilometer-wide crater in Mexico where scientists believe the asteroid hit. They attempted to recreate the asteroid event on computers. The results, recently published in Nature Communications, showed that the asteroid struck Earth at an angle of about 60 degrees. As a result of the angle, an especially large amount of climate-changing gases would have been released quickly into the atmosphere. The lead researcher was Gareth Collins of Britain's Imperial College London. For the dinosaurs, the worst-case scenario is exactly what happened, he said in a statement. He added that the release of gases into the atmosphere started a series of events that led to the permanent disappearance of the dinosaurs. The release was likely worsened by the fact that it struck at one of the deadliest possible angles, Collins said. If the asteroid had hit head-on or at lower angles, 
less material would have been released into the atmosphere, he added. Scientists believe the massive release of gases and chemicals into the atmosphere led to a period of extreme cold, also known as a nuclear winter. This was caused by large amounts of sulfur particles that stayed in the air, blocking heat from the sun. The asteroid strike is also believed to have caused widespread wildfires, earthquakes, and ocean waves, or tsunamis. The researchers said their models are the first to reproduce the whole event, from the first hit to the moment when the final crater was formed. The findings seem to disprove a long-standing theory that the asteroid moved toward Earth from the southeast. The scientists said recreations based on the crater's structure showed the asteroid coming from the southwest. The study could lead to a greater understanding about how craters are formed in general. The modeling suggested, for example, that rocks rebound to fill in beneath the crater during its final formation. The researchers said the findings suggest that large craters can be formed in a matter of minutes. Scientists continue to question how some living things were able to survive the asteroid event. Gareth Collins said the new study clearly suggests the strike resulted in a very bad day for the dinosaurs. He added, it makes it even more remarkable that life survived and recovered as rapidly as it did. I'm Brian Lynn. Today, we visit a national park that marks one of the most important events in American history. We are exploring the Gettysburg National Military Park in the small town of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Much of the area around Gettysburg still looks like it did in the 1860s during the Civil War. The town is in the middle of farm country. All around are fields of wheat, corn, and other crops. Cows chew on grass under a warm morning sun. Roads that pass through Gettysburg lead to Baltimore, Washington, and other big cities. But years ago, they served another purpose. The roads brought two opposing armies to Gettysburg. One was the United States Army of the Potomac, commanded by General George Gordon Meade. The other was the Confederate Army of Northern Virginia, 
led by General Robert E. Lee. His troops had moved north into Pennsylvania from Virginia. There, they had won a series of battles. Now, they were on the move to defeat Meade's army. Lee believed that a southern victory on northern land would force a negotiated settlement of the war. This would mean independence for the Confederate states that were attempting to leave the Union. The Battle of Gettysburg began on July 1, 1863. More than 170,000 soldiers fought for three days. It was the largest battle ever fought in North America. When it ended on July 3rd, more than 50,000 soldiers were dead, wounded, or missing. Many more would die later from their wounds. In the end, General Lee's army lost the battle. The Civil War, though, continued for two more years. But Confederate hopes for independence were never again as high as they had been at Gettysburg. Soon after the Great Battle, people began to visit Gettysburg to try to understand what happened there. One of those visitors, on November 19, 1863, was President Abraham Lincoln. He was invited to help dedicate a ceremony for Union soldiers killed in the battle. Lincoln spoke for just two minutes. His speech began this way. Fourscore and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. President Lincoln had never been satisfied with the reality of American life at that time. The Declaration of Independence in 1776 had declared all men equal. Yet in the South, and earlier in the North as well, black men and women were held as slaves. In his address at Gettysburg, Lincoln described a new future for a nation that would be reunited. It is for us the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work for which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation, under God, shall have a new birth of freedom.
Gettysburg National Military Park was established in 1895, 32 years after the deadly battle. Gettysburg is the most visited of the Civil War battlefields. Every year, about two million people visit the park from around the country and the world. The battlefield covers more than 2,400 hectares. Visitors can find more than 1,300 outdoor sculptures around the battlefield. These are monuments and memorials placed by soldiers' groups and state militias in areas where their troops fought. Volunteer guides explain to visitors what happened in each area of the huge battlefield. Visitors can also tour the battlefields on their own, by foot, by car, or by bicycle. Many visitors start their visit to Gettysburg at the Gettysburg Museum of the Civil War. The museum has the world's largest collection of Civil War objects. The museum has more than one million items, from soldiers' private notebooks and uniforms to original maps of the battlefield. The museum also houses the Gettysburg Cyclorama painting. This kind of artwork surrounds the people looking at it. The painting shows the final attack in the Battle of Gettysburg, Pickett's Charge. George Pickett was a Confederate general. On July 3, 1863, he led a charge against stronger Union forces. It was a disaster for the Confederate soldiers. French artist Paul Philippoteau and a team of 20 artists created the painting in the 1880s. Philippoteau and his team visited the battlefield. It took more than one year for the huge painting to be completed. The cyclorama is 114 meters long and almost 13 meters tall. It has long been one of the most popular parts of the Gettysburg experience. But by the 1990s, the painting was in poor condition. Experts warned that if the cyclorama was not repaired, the painting could be lost. A restoration project began in 2003. The painting was cleaned and separated into its 14 parts, and later moved into the new center. There, the original canvas was sewn onto new cloth made in China. Park Service officials say China was one of the few countries able to produce cloth in the sizes needed. Then each part was hung and sewn together. A team of cyclorama experts from Poland worked on the project in Gettysburg. The repair work of the Gettysburg cyclorama marked one of the largest art conservation efforts ever in North America. After the museum, tourists can visit the Soldiers National Cemetery, 
where many of the Union soldiers who died during the Battle of Gettysburg are buried. The cemetery was dedicated on November 19, 1863, the same day President Lincoln gave his Gettysburg Address. Since 1865, the cemetery has been a burial ground for soldiers from all of America's wars. Gettysburg brings history to life during the summer and fall with its living historians. These actors and experts show visitors what life was like for a soldier here in one of the most historically important places in America. The words of America's 16th president from the Gettysburg battlefield have never been forgotten. Historians agree that Lincoln's Gettysburg Address defined Americans as a people who believed in freedom, democracy, and equality. And that's our program for today. Listen again tomorrow to learn English through stories from around the world. I'm Jonathan Evans. And I'm Ashley Thompson.